0: Well, friends, happy Wednesday, welcome to June the 8th, and thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We take 8 to 12 minutes every day, and we meditate on God's Word together. We're learning not only what God says, but we're frankly learning how to understand the Bible, how to meditate on Scripture, how to get our hearts and our brains wrapped around the realities, the truth of God. And it changes us. It reassures us. It strengthens us. It makes us more durable. It makes us love Him more. And it draws us to him. And so God is uh, teaching us from Psalm 50 today. So I want you to join me there, Psalm 50. And we have already made our way through the first few verses. This is a call to worship, but it's a confrontational call to worship. It's an instructional call to worship. If you have the habit of worshiping hypocritically or worshiping just to go through the motions, um, then this psalm is going to jolt you, it's going to wake you up. but in a good way. Uh, God's heart is he wants you. (laughs) He doesn't want your stuff. He doesn't want your motions. He doesn't want your fakery or pretense. He wants you. And therefore, worship is going to bleed out of Sunday morning or your once or twice a week ceremonies. It's going to bleed out into your whole life, and it's going to become a lifestyle. Every day, is an act of worship. Whether you're working, whether you're sleeping, whether you're loving your your spouse or family, whatever you're doing, you're doing it all unto the Lord and for the glory of God. And so, in that sense, there can be a posture of worship in it all. I'm rendering my whole life to God. That should be our desire. Um, and God wants you. He wants you more than he wants your your good behavior or your 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 uh, your ritualistic practices or disciplines, um, he wants you. And he's going to kind of drive at that and teach us about that today. So the picture is uh, the courtroom of, of the universe, okay? And God is the judge, and he is speaking. So let's just read the first few verses to get a sense of where we were and where we left off. Mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God hath shined. Our God shall come, shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Now we've covered up to really into verse 5. And, uh, and explained all the concepts of God and judgment and what kind of judgment are believers going to face. This is a judgment of believers. So it's, um, it's the judgment seat of Christ. And the New Testament unfolds that even more so. You, as a believer in Jesus, if you are, you will never face the fiery wrath of God's judgment consuming you, but you will face the fiery discernment of God's judgment on your life, your works, okay? You're saved by grace, but then God's judgment will burn up the wood, hay, and stubble of our lives, which is good news, and he will reward and bless the gold, silver, and precious stones of our living, the things that we've done, we've done in faith, in purity, in sincerity uh, for his glory, and he will reward that at that judgment, and we will cast those awards, rewards at his feet and thank him, which is where this psalm is going to go. So he says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Now, in a New Testament vernacular, that's like saying those who have been saved, those who have trusted by faith my sacrificial atonement for their sins. Let's talk about the covenant with me by sacrifice. That's a big phrase, okay? In the Old Testament, the idea of covenant We don't use this term very often in modern vernacular. In a modern vernacular, the only concept we have of it it really today is marriage. But even marriage, we've kind of dumbed down to be sort of a contractual commitment, a conditional commitment. Basically, you keep your commitment and I'll keep mine. Uh, But if you don't keep yours, then I don't have to keep mine. That's not what a covenant is. A covenant, especially an unconditional covenant like God is speaking of, the covenant he made with Abraham, Genesis 15, unconditional, meaning um, God comes to Abraham. This is the one of the first times this happens. Let me back up. The first one to ever make a sacrifice for sins was God on behalf of Adam and Eve, and he covered them in the skins of those animals, okay? I believe those animals were lambs and that he wrapped them in lamb skin, clothed them in lamb skin, okay? Um, and the concept of blood sacrifice, atonement for sins, goes all the way back to Genesis, okay, but then it comes to Genesis 15, where God made a covenant with Abraham, and Abraham had no part to play in it except for he he, he laid out the animals and the blood, and where, where 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 Abraham would normally enter into one side of the covenant and God the other side they would mutually agree to keep their parts of the covenant. The idea of the blood and this and the animals that have been slain before them, picturing um, I'm going to enter into this covenant and intend to keep it upon the price of my life. So God put Abraham to sleep. Abraham slept through the covenant ceremony, and God did his part of the covenant ceremony and Abraham's part of the covenant ceremony. So he kept both sides of the covenant. He entered into the covenant for Abraham. It's unconditional covenant. So what it's saying is, God's saying, I'm going to keep my promise to you, And you're not going to keep your promise to me. So since you're going to fail your promise and have to die that sin, the death that sin deserves, I will enter into that covenant and I will keep your part of the covenant and die for your sins. I will slaughter myself on your behalf to keep your part of the covenant so that you can come into the covenant by faith and grace through no effort of your own and without having to pay the price of your life and shed your own blood. Isn't this beautiful? Uh, Now, if I've lost you, hang with me. So the concept of covenant is unconditional love, that God wants to bring you into a relationship with him that is completely binding and completely immersed in unconditional, perfect love. This is the kind of love that you and I long for from the depths of our being but we can never deserve it because we are fallen creatures. We're sinful before God, so we're guilty. In the courtroom of heaven, we're guilty. But God says, I want to bring all those before me that have entered into this covenant with me by sacrifice. So the covenant was set, it was cut, it was uh, ratified. Like today, we notarize and we get bank stamps and we, and we, we have wet signatures to show the, the ratification the validation of of the collateral for the for the commitment for the agreement for the contract in the covenant agreement it was a blood covenant and it was it was um to it was punishable by death and it was entered into willingly so god set the terms of this unconditional covenant to bring us in to his love okay it's a covenant of grace it's a covenant of love um because we failed it requires a blood sacrifice it requires death it requires justice. That's the big concept at play here. Justice. God is merciful, but God is also just. If a judge lets a murderer go, we would say that's merciful, but that's not just. If a judge sends a murderer to death row, we would say that's just, but that's not merciful. Okay. Now, depending on your political persuasion, uh, you you might go death. To the perpetrator, no mercy. Okay. Um, You might say, mercy, but don't let him go. That's unjust. He's going to go do this crime again. He's going to go, society's going to pay. Somebody always has to pay. Okay. So how does God be merciful and just? How does God love while vindicating sin? Because if he loves without vindicating sin, then he's not good. He's not just. And if he's just and just destroys everybody and everything that has anything to do with sin, then he's not loving. Okay. How could he say he loves me if he's gonna destroy me? But it's how does he let me live if he's just? Okay. So I hope I'm not losing you. This is a big concept. That's the this is the question of the Old Testament. This is the this is the um, narrative tension of the drama of scripture. Is God loving me, merciful towards me? is he angry and just and going to deal with my sin and the and the answer to the question is yes okay so now how how does he love me and keep me alive and be just and destroy me and my sin at the same time because that's what i deserve justly deserve See, he would be just to destroy me in judgment that's what i deserve but he is expressed in scripture and the god that i hope exists right if i didn't even know him i would want him to be just I mean, loving and merciful, okay? So how's he going to be merciful? How's he going to be just? And the covenant of sacrifice is the answer, okay? Jesus came. God came. And he said, since you cannot keep this covenant and since you deserve justice, but since I love you in mercy, I'm going to come live the life you didn't live, die the death you deserve to die in your place. And on the cross, I'm going to provide a sacrifice of blood that absorbs all the justice that my holiness demands. The anger of God, the wrath of God, the righteous, the good anger. Don't think of it in terms of emotion, human emotion. The good anger of God, uh, the loving anger of God, the, the just pouring out of judgment that is well-deserved, okay, and necessary. If he's good and loving, he's going to do this. It's poured out on Jesus on my behalf. Jesus deflects the wrath and the justice to himself on the cross, okay? He takes the hit for me. So now God's justice is satisfied, his holiness, his demands for righteousness and the execution of justice and good justice are satisfied. The judge at the bench Has maintained the integrity of of his perfect standard of righteousness. And now that the covenant of blood has been um, finished, to use Jesus' terms, it is finished. Now the gates of mercy are opened to me. I have been, I can be exonerated. I can be forgiven. I can claim the love, the grace, the mercy of God made available now that justice is satisfied. Mercy is free to embrace me. That's why, the, that's why the veil of the temple was torn in half and the mercy seat was exposed as if God is saying all of humanity, not just the high priest, all of humanity now can come into my presence on the basis and on the grounds of mercy. How do you obtain that mercy? By putting your faith and trust, your belief, your core belief in the covenant Of sacrifice that Jesus completed. Now, quickly, and I'm almost done. That covenant of sacrifice was pictured all throughout the Old Testament every time a believer brought a blood sacrifice to the temple. They were supposed to be saying, I am presenting my faith in a future sacrifice. This little sacrifice is just a Polaroid picture of my faith in God's ultimate salvation provision. That's why Psalm 49 says, God will be the redeemer of my soul, okay? So God calls saints, not good people, not, he he doesn't call good people saints or just moral people or just religious people, no. In fact, there's lots of good moral religious people that are not saints. A saint, God's people, God's children are the ones who have made a covenant with him by sacrifice, So what is the covenant? It's a covenant of grace and love, unconditional, mercy. What is the terms of the covenant? Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Because he shed his blood for the blood of the everlasting covenant. So my friend, if you never come to that covenant, tell Jesus right now that you want to, that you want him to save you and be your savior. And if you have, rest in confidence, my friend. The wrath of God never abides on you because it abided on you. Jesus, that abode on Jesus in your place. Happy Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.